Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We're back. I love that song. I love it too. (laughs) It never gets old. Ah, that Beethoven. You are listening to McNamara on Money, the financials very own talk radio show. And this is Pamela McNamara. Our topic today is... What is it? Common sense financial survival in this difficult world we live in. Okay. I'll add that. Okay. All right. Time for some announcements. Next Saturday, May 11th, the topic of this program will be estate planning for young families. Alyssa and her guest attorney, Danielle Van Ess of DGVE Law in Hingham, will be reviewing the importance of estate planning. In the following week, Saturday, May 18th, the topic will be investments with Mike and Justin, two of my favorite people. A family business. What I can love I say? It. Yeah. I love it. And now we have an announcement for the Marshfield Food Pantry. Uh, next Saturday, May 11th, is the uh, food drive called Stamp Out Hunger, sponsored by the National Association of Letter Carriers. And during this week, uh, people in Marshfield um, will find a plastic sleeve with a plastic bag and donation envelope in your mailbox. And um, the food pantry asks that you fill this plastic bag with non-perishable food items or personal hygiene products and leave it out at your mailbox and your letter carrier will pick it up Saturday. Uh, they will deliver them to the Marshfield Food Pantry. And should you not wish to participate in the food bag pickup, 
uh, please consider sending in a donation in the envelope. And once again, Marshfield Food Pantry thanks you for your donations throughout these years. Thank you very much, and I hope you participate. And now, back to Mike, we're on to offense. Yep, we talked about defense for the first hour, uh, things that you need to do to protect yourself against a myriad of financial disasters. And now we're going to talk offense, and then we're going to talk investing. It just oh, doesn't get any okay. better than this. And All right, uh, all right so uh, on to offense. Okay, so... First of all, you have to have money. How do you save for it? Uh, I say that the best way to you, for you to save money is to do it systematically and do it automatically because okay. then it'll happen. Okay, so uh, from, a, from an investment point of view, it's better to invest money on a regular basis, and we'll talk about that a little later on. Yeah. Well, so most people save a little money at a time, okay? And so I, I think that's, the, you know, the way to save a little bit of money at a time is to have it literally taken right out of your paycheck or your checkbook, okay? And, and you know, have it automatically happen. If you're going to say, well, I'll, I'll save a few bucks every month and at the end of the year I'll put the money to work, not going to happen. You'll manage to spend it or you won't be as disciplined, okay? So, you know, the, the, the wonderful part... Okay, about technology these days is, okay, it comes zap <clears throat> right out of your paycheck. That's your contributions to your time plans. And it comes zap right out of your checking account or whatever account you have investing. So, okay, it, it becomes a way of life. It's not anything that you ever think about. It just happens because you only see what hits the checkbook and what you can spend sort of a thing. So, so it... It's kind of a built-in automatic cruise control kind of a thing, uh, and you don't and you don't miss it. But most folks who do that, I've had lots of conversations over the years. You know, you, you don't miss it because you never saw it, sort of a thing. So it kind of makes okay. it easy. Okay, <clears throat> so from an invest, the automatic part is easy. And by the way, that includes saving for college, okay, too. I mean, you know, the, the, the disciplined people put it away automatically every month, and it, and it just wonderfully builds up over time, and it's just a wonderful way to do it. Uh, there, if you have the discipline to, well, I don't have enough money to invest. You can invest pretty short money these days almost any place. So whether it's 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks a month, whatever, it doesn't make any difference, folks. That's not, a, that's not an excuse anymore for not being able to save, okay? You know, you need to save for retirement, and probably for college, maybe you've got, maybe you're saving for a vacation home, maybe you're saving for this, that, or the other thing, uh, a boat, whatever, okay? Um, you know, set a it boat? up. A boat? <laughs> set, 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 set it up, oh, figure out how much you have to save, and have at it sort of a thing, okay? So, yep, okay. automatically and systematically would be my ways to save okay. money. <clears throat> and so just as a review... How much do you need to save for retirement? You know, uh, and how it, do you figure that out? Yeah, yeah, it depends. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I guess uh, you only save what you can first yeah. of all. Well, if you have a goal. If you, but what saving what you can, if you had a place, if you knew where you were going and had a comprehensive retirement plan in place, 
you'd know how much you had to save. If saving what oh, you... okay. Okay, if, if you just decide I'll save what I can, you, you didn't make any value judgments about the rest of your life. You made a value judgment about t- your life today. Yeah. Okay, uh, and that <clears throat> that's not the whole picture. Okay, your definition of saving what you can might change if you knew that saving what you can will not get you to retirement. Okay. If you if you you know if you can save five hundred dollars a month, and yep. you end up going to a certified financial planner practitioner and put a retirement plan together, that retirement plan might say you need to save a thousand dollars a month to be okay. Well, either okay, you look at your expenses and readjust what you can save because now you have a perhaps a different goal in mind than just living for today, okay? Uh, And if you can't do that, then you better rearrange your retirement goals to a lower standard because that's kind of how it is sort of a thing, okay? Uh, So anyway, uh, another kind of cool discussion I have every once in a while, fairly frequently, I guess, with folks I meet for the first time, Um, you know, I know I need to, how how much do I need to save to be okay? What's What's my number? In retirement, same kind of question, you know. Right, and then what's your definition of okay? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, well, yeah, that's a good question too. Okay, Uh, well, let's see. You know, I'm pretty sure if I have a million dollars in my retirement plan, that's my number, and and my I I, I'm proud that they have a goal. That's a million dollars, but that's only half of the issue for folks saving money. If I if you get to a million dollars. Okay, in retirement, and in the day after retirement, you have to take two hundred thousand dollars a year out of that million dollars. You you got a problem because it's going to last for five years, oh. right? Right? If you take two hundred thousand dollars from a million dollar pot, unless it's earning twenty percent a year. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you're talking about not earning any money. I, I, I'm being I'm being extreme to make a point. Okay, the okay. The, the second part of that equation. First part is how big does my pot have to be? Well, my answer to that is that depends on how much you need to take from it. Okay, okay. that's you know, true. If, yeah. if, you know, to use that million dollar example, okay, again, if you need $200,000 a year, you're in big time trouble. You know, if you need $10,000 a year, you're skating. Okay, so you have to tie that number to your comment about the quality of life that you hope to have or can afford. Okay, so, so you know, how much you need to re- save to retire depends on the lifestyle that you choose and what you have for guaranteed income, usually Social Security. Okay, you choose this lifestyle, you know what your Social Security is, well, then you got to make up the difference between savings, and that's a certain amount of money, okay? That's called a comprehensive financial plan. You would know how much you had to save, okay, if you had one of those, and you can monitor from time to time to go. So it's it's very uh, admirable to have a savings goal of X amount of dollars, but it has to relate to your expenses and lifestyle and retirement and how much you need from that pot. And we'll get that into the okay. investment part. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yes. Okay. So oh, talk about college again. How yeah. much do you need to save? Okay. So so now, now we're back in college to talk about college. Okay. It is truly a frightening thing. Okay. Uh, there, there are not 
There's not a high percentage of people in America who can just write checks for college, call it a day, okay, and move on and not worry about the rest of their life, okay? It is a huge expense. I mean, I don't even know. I think my alma mater, Tufts, is up to close to 60 grand now. I mean, there, there's just... Stup- it's just well, out that, of whack. Yeah, well, that's not all you pay. Well, a whole lot of people pay a whole lot of money yeah. for college, regardless of whatever it is, okay? So, so, so how much you need to save for the college? Well, the, there's two other questions. How much do I have to borrow, or how much do I have to take out of my cash flow to be okay? So, sa- again, saving for college is only one way to, to pay for college. You can do it out of your cash flow. That's not savings, but you can pay those bill, those college bills. Or you can borrow money. That's not saving either, but it's a way to pay for college, okay? Um, you know, if you add up, most people do all three of those things. They save some money. They took some out of cash flow. They borrowed money. That's like a combination. Okay, so my, my comment is, okay, those all come to a certain number. You know, yep. you know the the money you borrowed has uh, has interest along. You have to add that then, but but there's a certain number that that represents the total that you you can, had to match with those three things. Well, can you afford that number? You know what what does that do to your retirement plans, or what does it do to your life now? You know, are you working four jobs, you know, to, to, to make that work or this or that or the other thing, sort of the thing. OK, so so, um, you know, from a, from a college point of view, OK, if you had a comprehensive written retirement plan in place, you would know how much you could afford per kid and you would know how much you either had to save, need to borrow, or could take out a cash flow, and you'd have that answer, okay? Um, we, we just throw financial, whatever financial reason we had in our brains, we pretty much throw it away when it comes to, you know, college stuff for our kids. It's just a, you know, it's a it's a parental mom and pop kind of a thing, worrying about your kids and not being uh, too financially savvy about it. So, so you know, the, the way that you save Okay, um, the, the, the best college savings, savings vehicle, okay, uh, is what's called a 529 college savings plan. Uh, you, uh, an adult owns it. The kid is the beneficiary. You save money in there, okay? Anything that you earned, it's an investment account, okay, on that money. If it's used for post-secondary education, it's tax-free. You can't beat that with a stick. Okay, so the prefer- we can't get into a lot of that here, but the preferred vehicle for savings, okay, is a college 529 plan, okay? okay. Um, if, you know, taking money out of cash flow, that goes back to that budget thing. You know, if all of a sudden you've got college costs, okay, maybe if you squeeze your life a little bit, now, I saved this much money, this is how much I got, still not enough, okay? You know, what can we do to cut our expenses now? Go out to eat less, whatever, buy a cheaper car, whatever, okay? And then we can, you know, reduce the amount we have to borrow into, into that third part. So so if you had a plan in place, or if at least you knew your budget and your expenses, you could look at that and say that we won't do this, this, or this anymore, and that'll help this much for our plan to retirement. If you're going to have to borrow money, okay, um, Mass Education Finance Authority, MIFA is a great great uh, outfit and a great website uh, and kind of give you an idea of how the math works for kids and adults and stuff like that. Um, Kids can borrow on their own 
word, if you will, somewhere around $27,000, $28,000 a year. It's four years. It goes over so much, and, and they, they can borrow that without any problem. They have to pay it back, obviously, and the interest is deferred. Uh, where people get in trouble, we read about the, the college problem students, if you think students have a problem, their parents have, have even a bigger problem because uh, the if, if the parent has to borrow money above and beyond what the kid is going to obligate, um, the scary part is there are no underwriting requirements requirements for somebody to borrow money for their kid for college. If, if, if a single person earning $10,000 a year had us, uh, I'm being extreme here to make a point, or $20,000 a year was your income. If you had three kids and they were all going to college, okay, you could apply for a loan for the, the total amount of money that that kid would have to pay for that college. You know, you get your loans, you got your dig, you got to come up with $18,000, okay? You can borrow, okay, without any qualification whatsoever. Okay, the net cost of your multiple kids' college educations. Okay, I have seen some fairly scary parental okay loans as a result of all that. Again, goes back to college and stuff you don't think about. You know, when we were in school, you could go to work and pay for ha- almost half your college education if you. Oh, it's summers. And, and, and we did. Okay, N- not anywhere near the case today. The, oh no. Uh, the cost. So, so, so yeah, what you need to save for college, if you had a comprehensive plan in place, and by the way, when you're developing that plan, that certified financial planner practitioners could say, so how much skin are you going to have your kids at the game? Are they going to pay anything? Okay. And by the way, is there a total amount of dollars? that you want to limit yourself to, okay? Well, pick a number. You're going to send them to private school. You think about it. You crunch some numbers. You get some ideas. You get some information. Then you make your decision. That's how it works, okay? Uh, so that, that's what you do for college. It's not just savings, folks. It's how much you're going to pay for it, and that's three components. Whew, I get emotional when I talk about that. Sorry well, about that. because it's, I, I, I don't know. It's okay. almost beyond, yeah. you know, how, how much they put into it. If you think about it, are they really going to get it back? Is it really worth it? Well, that's, a, that's a, that, you know, when, when you start staring at the dollars that either you, yeah. you, you are going to come up with and your kids partially come up with, when you start staring at those dollars, you start asking those questions these days. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a terrifying process to go through. But it's also the one you have to go through to make make sure and be okay because yeah. you can really mess up your life with that. Plain and simple. I have some frightening stories about that. And then, and then what, what, um, what impetus is there for colleges to rein this in? I don't think they have any because none, none the government will give anybody money to pay for it. The, the, there you go. So there they okay. just so yeah. there's there's no yeah. incentive. There's no enrollments. Yeah. Are, I mean, are enrollments going down? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, I don't think so. Yeah. On, I this, don't know. on this show, we can't get into the big picture about what's wrong. All well, we can do is anyway. tell people don't make a mistake. Sort yeah. Of a thing. Okay. 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 Sorry. When should you start planning for retirement? Um, oh, yesterday. Yes. No, no. Uh, when you were 22. When you what? When you're 22. Just about college. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's your next question? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So in real life. In in real life. 
first of all, you don't think about that till no, probably no, because you think you're immortal. When, when, when do we think about that? After when we had kids? Oh, after we had? I, mean, I, well, I don't we, know, but I can remember <laughs> an insurance man trying to tell us what we were. Well, we had to be 23, maybe 24. Yeah. And I think one of us had an insurance policy. Yeah. I think yeah. it was through work. Yeah. Yeah. And we said, now we don't need it. Oh, no, but you don't understand when yeah. you're 65. Yeah. yeah. See, the, the, the really ironic thing is that uh, the way that the best thing to do to uh, improve your odds of retirement success is to start as early as you possibly can saving for it. And by the way, paying attention to living within your means. Okay, uh, because there's this wonderful thing called compounding of interest in my world. It's like a snowball going downhill. Your money gets bigger and bigger and bigger because your interest is earning interest, yada, yada, yada. Okay, uh, so as early as possible uh, w- would be my answer about when you start planning for retirement uh it should be in a in a plan okay uh and you know um we, we sit down with some uh 30 well my my, my 30 year olds and almost and and 40 year olds children are sitting down with their peers their age talking about retirement and let's face it if you're 35 or 40 and you got a couple of kids you're not seriously thinking about retirement. You're probably worrying about it sort of a thing. So, you know, well, well if, if you're 55 years old and we ask you, what do you got plans for retirement? They're usually going to checklist. This is what I want to do. Because you're thinking about it. If you're 40 years old, you're not thinking about it. So, well, how about we just, you know, okay, Mr. and Mrs. 40-year-old with two or three kids. How about we just do this? How about we just, okay, uh, preserve the lifestyle that you have now and Take your kids out of the equation in X amount of years when they're out of the house. So you you can do a, a retirement plan, okay, but, you know, without getting into any great detail about exactly what you're going to do in retirement. Because let's face it, most 35, 40, and 45-year-olds don't know, haven't thought about it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a rough one. You know, kind of something to kind of steer your course. Oh, we just want to preserve our lifestyle the way it is. Okay. So let's see. You got one kid to make it easy. Uh, that kid is uh, officially gone, and you're going to obligate at 22. Your expenses from now, from 22 on, will be reduced by this. You can save that money here. In order for you to be in the same place you are now, and let's add some money for vacations and fun because you're working your guts out right now, here's what you got to do. So you can do a, an approximate retirement plan with a big picture number as opposed to a detailed one. Uh, that's a heck of a lot better than not having a retirement plan in place sort of a thing. So do it early and plan, okay, uh, plan for it. It, 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 and, and you know, have goals. That's that's where this is. That's how it works. Okay. All right. So, what would be maybe your last comment about this? Well, let's see. I got. I'm going to make this last two minutes. Right. And we'll be right on time for a break here. So let me try it as best I can. Okay. Um, if you do have a plan in place, you need to review it and look at it. Okay, on a regular basis. Okay, uh, it's a, a major work to get a comprehensive financial 
written plan in place for your life, you have to do a lot of research. You have to have several meetings with a you know a certified financial planner practitioner. But you know once you have this plan in mind, that again remember takes all aspects of your financial life and in, in, you know t- together. Oh, what a novel idea! Okay, uh, if you don't check it from time to time and keep on top of it. What, what what was the point, sort of a thing. So, you know, if you're uh, 25 or, th- or if you're 35 or 40 years old, uh, you know, you, you, you pay attention to your expenses. You make sure you're living within your means. You make sure you're saving what's supposed to be. Maybe every two or three or four years, you update your official plan with your financial advisor uh, because not, you know, not much has happened and you've been working on things. If people have a major financial event in their life, good or ba- bad, Maybe that's a good time to go update that or see where that goes and work from there. So the, the, the trick is that once you develop all this plan, okay, that you have to update it, okay, uh, and, and keep on top of it on a regular basis, okay? I think that's almost perfectly timed, so let's take right. a break and go from there, okay?